Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are excited about tonight's show. We've got some great guests, lots of cool stuff going on in the motorsports world. This is John Massengill, Les Kaiser sitting next to me. That was a, yeah. And Mr. Jonathan Green is still down in New Zealand. Down they, yonder. They just wrapped up the championship down there. And matter of fact, we're going to have an interview with the winner of the new of the 2018 Toyota Racing Series. And we'll have lots more about that. But let me go over what else we got on the show because I'm very excited. We have a young and up-and-coming IndyCar badass. We have Ed Jones. We have him uh, live in about 20 minutes or so, about 7.30. And uh, really excited about that. He was a rookie of the year last year and was, I mean, in his rookie season, he was third in the Indy 500. So this guy is, uh, I mean, he's going to sit alongside Scott Dixon and with uh, Ganassi Racing. So, I mean, that's a pretty coveted seat. It's an interesting story how he got there, too. I mean, so uh, we'll talk to Ed Jones here in about a half hour. And uh, also, Les, you've been talking to a guy named Eric Jensen, right? This is a fascinating uh, guy. He's going to come on in just a few minutes. Eric Jensen has been involved in driver development, and, and he's one of those behind-the-scenes kind of guys. And uh, what is really cool is he focuses on driver development, helping them as a driver and a, a team business, you know, which is part of the life now, and uh, really getting them through. Now, he dates back to maybe a couple of guys you recognize the name. Lance Stroll was about a 10-year-old little kid. You know, <laughs> That's awesome. Alexander Rossi was a youngster. Uh, guys like that have uh, worked with him, and so he's got a proven track record. So we're going to hear a little bit about development as a driver, the business, and furthermore, I want to know about the future. Nice. Who's coming up through the ranks? You know, that is one of our favorite things on Speed City, which I mean, today's a great example, right? You've got the the winner of the Toyota Racing Series we, and all that we've been talking about down there, all those young guys. Of course, this Eric Jensen and, of course, Ed Jones. Young, I mean, he's it's only his, uh, you know, he was in Indy Lights. He was an Indy Lights champion, and it's only his second season now in IndyCar. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a theme that we have uh, been following since the day we went on the air. So, uh, but yeah, let's let's jump into. We're gonna have those guys here in a few minutes, but let's jump into some stories. Uh, I want to start with some F one stories because there's a couple that we hadn't talked about. That uh, uh, my favorite is that uh, Haas F one has a new sponsor. Oh and, yeah, yeah, Jack and Jones Menswear. You know that just, that's going to change the look in the paddock right there. <laughs> you know, Americans, we've always had the blue jeans, the blue jean jacket, all of that. I want to see the Haas guys coming out in denim. <laughs> that is, uh, it's going to be interesting. I was sitting here looking at I'm Jack and Bruce Jones, Springsteen, James <laughs> Dean, and denim and T-shirts. Well, all the American hot rod theme. Yeah, and obviously the big story here is just the fact that Haas has got some sponsors. They haven't haven't done that, and they haven't talked about it much. So, yeah, that's true. You know, the, he said uh, Gene Haas said a couple of years ago when we spoke to him that he was primarily going to focus on it just being Haas until he gets the bugs worked out and gets through the uh, first year jitters. That was what he wanted. 
and uh, he wants to wanted to develop a team that was going to represent the sponsors well, and he thinks he's there, and I agree with him. So uh, kudos. Here comes Jack and Jones in the paddock. Yep, that's true. I think he's achieved that goal. So that's still to be interesting to see how this goes and, and see who else. Can they make Haas. a fire suit? <laughs> out of denim, a denim fire suit. I, I don't know that that plays into effect, but uh, I bet but you anyway. could. I bet you could spray some fire stuff on hey, denim. Bill Simpson uh, did some cool stuff. Maybe Bill Simpson and Jack and Jones get together for that. Yeah, there you but, go. But uh, but yeah, you know, kudos. I'm glad to see that Gene recognizes that they've reached that point and he's going into it. Certainly, money's always good on a Formula One team. Yes, that cannot hurt. There's a bit of money spent in Formula One. Uh, all right, some other news stories on. Uh, on Formula One is uh, the Amazon series, the McLaren series on Amazon television. And it's getting pretty good reviews. I've had several people tell me that they've seen it already and that it was great. I, yeah, I've honestly, I've been, you know, hanging out with Lee Diffie or, or at least listening to Lee Diffie a lot on the Olympics this <laughs> hanging week. Hanging out on the sofa? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's okay, that's it. <laughs> and so uh, definitely, but uh, the McLaren series looks really good. It's cool. It's going to be, you know, uh, some behind the scenes viewing that hadn't been shared before. Uh, check it out, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Grand Prix Driver, a four episode miniseries, and which takes a look at the uh, McLaren's 2017. I was going to say debacle, but pretty close to that, I'd have to say. Uh, well, you know, the good thing is Olympic ice skating is coming up, so you'll have plenty of time <laughs> during that forever episode to uh, go watch McLaren. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and Amazon says it's unprecedented access to what goes on at McLaren. So, and, and in fact, Zach Brown says he can't remember a Formula One team revealing as much as they have. So this is, this, I'm going to, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to cue that up because, um, that would be Ice very skating. cool. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, some other news stories. You got um, F1 reveals starting this week, Mr. Kaiser. I am ready. You know, this is, uh, you know, things are beginning to happen around Formula One. They're talking more. We're starting to hear from the teams. Uh, you know, definitely check out Grill the Grid. That, that's a fun series from F1 on their YouTube channel. That's been good. But, uh, but yeah, now Williams. we're getting down to the meat of things. Yeah. <laughs> Williams announces uh, February 15th. What's that? Thursday of this week. The day after Valentine's, guys and gals. Don't forget Valentine's this week. And We're course, here for you. That'll be London. That's in London. So that'll be, I don't know what time of day, but we'll follow us on Twitter and Facebook and we will keep you up to date on that. And then not long, I guess the, the following week is when you get a bunch of them because you get Sauber, Renault, and Ferrari. Sauber, Renault on the 20th of February. And then Ferrari, Mercedes on the 22nd, and then McLaren on the 23rd, and Toro Rosso on the 26th. And then that's that's all that I've seen that I've officially announced all of the, uh, the F1 reveals. So that's going to be fun to keep an eye on. And uh, you also, you, you told me something I didn't know right before the show about Steve Matchett. Yeah, Steve Matchett. You know, we, we uh, have been curious where our buddies from NBC are going and and obviously Lee Diffie's over in North Korea and South Korea at the Olympics and so uh, Steve Matchett has now joined Fox to cover Formula E. Yeah, that's cool, okay, right? now that, That's cool, but what's cooler? Bob Varsha and Steve Matchett on the same broadcast again. Oh, that's really cool, yeah. I like that a lot. The the technical aspects of both, I'm I'm really interested in hearing what Steve Match is going to do. You know, he's he's a well versed behind the scenes guy around the teams, 
And so he gets in for a lot of the technology, knowing that there are a bunch of folks out of the Formula One circles that are now in Formula E. Yeah. I think he's going to walk in, already have that relationship, and really get the kind of exposure to the technology that Formula E brings to it that, that quite honestly, it needs to maintain my attention. Yeah. I know. I'm, I have not gotten excited about it I'm still thinking guys in ugly shorts racing golf carts. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I've watched, I've, I've watched a decent amount of them, and there's been some times and I was getting into it, but I don't know why. I just really haven't gotten excited about it. I don't know. I think it's, you know, as a spectator, I get it. It's the reason we love the V10 motors. Yeah. Over the turbo sixes, it's the reason we love a you know loud, obnoxious, lopy Hemi idling instead of a Tesla idling. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, quite honestly, it's, there's some noise, there's some rattle, there's some chest bumping. You know, yep. it, it's cool stuff. Uh, what would I change about Formula E now? I'd like to see them go to a standard battery pack, battery source. And you only get that one car, that one battery source for the length of the race, period. Mm -hmm. No more of the 60-second car change, anything like that. I really want to drive the technology and improve it to that point that we can relate it. And another thing, I'd love to see them pair up and run electric bikes on the same weekend. Oh, yeah, that would be. Yeah, it's probably too tight of a course to be safe for the bikes, but uh, just the idea of an yeah. electric bike series mm -hmm. on a global scale as they have it. Yeah, and run them together. That's a good idea. All right, there's another story that's going to relate to our IndyCar. Oh, you got Before one we leave, there's one more. Harley Davidson says they're going to bring the live wire to the street, the electric Harley. Oh, yeah, I remember that bike, what, a, a year and a half ago or so? Yeah, yeah, we were supposed to get it, but it didn't make it here. And uh, But to be honest, I... Uh, Love the idea. They're looking forward towards back towards electric technology. But uh, how many of our tattooed Harley riding buddies are going to get on an electric bike? I don't know. You show them the torque curve. Well, maybe so. That's true. That's true. And they some they speakers always out put an MP3 that, player in. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That'll work. Potato, potato, potato. So that, that might get them on there. But There you go. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take Cam our first change break. without going yeah. to mechanic. <laughs> without, <laughs> just, just a new MP3 There's file. an app for that. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a break, but uh, when we come, just a reminder, we've got, uh, we've got Eric Jensen coming up right after this break. And, of course, we have Ed Jones, IndyCar driver, at 730. So stick with us. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin. Back after these messages. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. 
Mosing Motor Cars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motor Cars, 2420 West Breaker Lane. Online at MosingMotorCars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to Speed City. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Right before we went to the break, I was going to talk about one more F1 story. And it was just something on F1.com. They were talking about how the new Halo is strong enough to hold a bus. And I thought that was an interesting... Uh, comparison. I don't you know, know why. We, you know, I wonder if the uh, precipice of that idea and that strength model happened here at Circle. I was going to, that's what I was leading up to. You stole my thunder. <laughs> oh, sorry, the dude. school bus that came on, on uh, Coda. Oops. Nobody likes to really talk about that. We'll move yeah, on. We're going to uh, move on. We're going to move uh, on. But you know what? We will bring that, bring up the, the halo to Ed Jones, who's going to be on the show later because his, his teammate, Scott Dixon, got to drive the new IndyCar with the new windscreen. That's right. So we'll talk to him about that. I saw some information about that. So, But Les, you got to introduce our next guest. I'm really excited to talk to him. Hey, uh, first time to Speed City. This is going to be cool because, you know, this is one of those guys kind of quietly behind the scenes, but he moves mountains. You know, you've heard us talk about the Ferrari Driver Academy and how it develops drivers. You've, you've heard us even with uh, Lance Stroll. Well, uh Eric knew him back when he was like a you know ten year old kid out dawdling <laughs> around, and then you know we've certainly had Alexander Rossi on a few times. So uh, we got to introduce one of the men that uh, brought all of those to the front and center. Eric Jensen, welcome to Speed City. Hi guys, thanks for having me. You bet. Yeah, thanks you for coming. Well, Eric, you've got a fantastic history, and that's one of the things that we always try to share is uh, how you get from the. Uh, the push cart and the uh, yard cart to a racing cart or all the way into the Formula and Open Wheel Series. And you obviously have done that, especially around the Ferrari Driving Academy. Yeah, it's been a long career. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's so, a unique career. It is, it is. So give us some insight to uh, how the Driver Academy came to you for the Ferrari Driving Academy. You also had uh, a, quite a notable partner in that. Yeah, so, well, it, I'm a North American guy, so I'm a, a cart guy, and then I stuck with Champ Car and then IndyCar. 
Um, but actually, much credit. Some, somebody that people don't really know that much about or she doesn't get a lot of credit is Vicki O'Connor, who ran the Toyota Atlantic Championship for years. So, so many of the kids, I think it's like half of the, the IndyCar grid um, with her series. They all came out of the Atlantic series. So anyway, she always had a race at the Montreal Grand Prix. And I, when I was doing my driving 20 years ago, I raced in the Atlantic race. And on one of the weekends, I met a guy, Luca Baldessari, who we became good friends through the years. And it was with him that I had the idea that instead of Ferrari hiring every year when they wanted to get the next champion driver and paying them $50 million, <laughs> he should really be, be training them in-house. So... It, the genesis of the Ferrari Driver Academy actually happened in New York City when we met up to talk about it in Christmas 2009. So, That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I, lo- I love the background of that. So uh, tell us, uh, give us an idea. I mean, because part of what you do, you are a business coach uh, and driver coach for the development here. Uh, give us an idea where do you find your candidates? How do they find you? And uh, what do you do with them once y'all get together? Yeah, nuts and bolts. Uh, well, the, the best thing I've trained about 200 kids, as I mentioned. So I've got four of the kids that are in IndyCar now are, are guys that I spent their early days with them at tracks, teaching them what they need to learn. Um, and the best thing uh, is if you can get kids between the ages of 13 and 16, because they listen to everything that you're coaching and there's no fear and there's no distraction. So it's really just the days that you can spend at the track. And, and, and most kids actually that I've taught, everybody shows a good aptitude. And then really it's if, if the parents will keep them on a good plan. And then uh, if it's enough days, then typically they turn out to be good drivers. Now that's nice. Yeah, that is amazing. We'll, we'll talk, I do want to hear kind of some specifics about what you do uh, with these drivers. Uh, you know, get, get into the details if you can a little bit. Well, Lance's story is an interesting one. So when we set up the Ferrari Driver Academy, Luke and I, back in early 2010, he was the first kid that I put into the program. Lance was 11 at the time. And I had a lot of talks with his dad because I knew what his dad was going to do, that he wanted to get his son trained. So the challenge he was going to face is he, he, he has a lot of money. So everybody says he, he made it to be where he's at because of his money. But that's not the case. The reality is there's a lot of guys like uh, Lance who have dads that have lots of money. But the challenge is for these parents is every year they don't know which series to be in. And they also don't know which team to go with, and there's no real good plan. So what I did with him is I made a 10-year plan, which, interestingly enough, he's at Williams now, but that was also part of my plan that this is, I think, year nine will be 2018 that he's at Williams, and he's still on exactly the same plan with Lucas still managing the plan. So wow. sorry if I passed a little bit on the question, but... Yeah. The point is, for the for the parents, the main thing is, is if you can get on a good plan early, and then as long as it's a good plan and you've got good people managing it, stay with it, and it'll work. That is cool. That you know, we've said you know, there there's science, there's luck, there's skills all involved in it, and so uh, I, I think you've proven that. So. Uh, Eric and I uh, met because I I heard rumors around Speed City that had somebody special down here 
doing some training and coaching with. Uh, Dakota, why don't you give us an? Uh, he was actually down at Harris Hill. So, uh, ah. Eric, why don't you give us an introduction to who this youngster is and why we need to watch him? Yeah, it's twelve-year-old uh, Nicholas Christodoulou, and that's another thing that I can help that help parents with is it's important to transition to race cars earlier than most people think. So I started training Nicholas doing two days a month um, last summer. So when we were at Harris Hill a couple of weeks ago, um, he set the 10th fastest time ever at the track driving an F4 car. Um, And what I explained to his parents is the trajectory, if you really in one of the development programs, you have to be accomplishing big things as a 14 and 15 year old. And that just doesn't happen overnight. You can only do so much every month to develop the. It looks like we may have, may have lost Eric. lost him there. So, anyway, like I said, I heard he's down at Harris Hill. We'll, tr- we'll try to get Eric back on here in just yeah. a second. We heard he's down at Harris Hill and. Uh, you know, one one of the guys down there, you know, some of the driving coaches I know are like, this kid is fast. And, you know, having been down on that course and run some laps, it's uh, it's not an easy course. It's a good club sport course yeah. type of thing. But it's a great course, great collection of very experienced drivers and coaches there. And when those guys say something about, there's a kid here. You yeah. need to check this out. Pay attention. And, uh, you know, he's not from around these parts. And so right, we got, we got Eric up. back. So, uh, Eric, I was just telling him about uh, my friends down at Harris Hill that are uh, saying good things about this kid that's not from around here. So why don't you go ahead and continue there? Yeah. So Nicholas is a 12-year-old. Uh, <laughs> he's been doing well in karting, but I explained to his parents, uh, in order to get into these Formula One driver development programs and in order to attract sponsors, you need to now really stand out with results as a 15-year-old. And that you can't just do all the training in six months before your first season. It's actually years to learn the body of knowledge. So I've been, I've been doing two test days a month with Nicholas. That tracks all over the place. We've been to Houston, Savannah, Georgia, um, Ontario, Quebec. Uh, and he's really showing amazing aptitude at a young age. So, and I've got a, a long history. I, I think Alexander Rossi, when I had him, he was 14. John Edwards was 13. So I have a lot of experience with, if you start the kids early enough, now where they end up. So I'm excited about Nicholas for sure. You know, I was talking to a driver coach a couple of years ago and he said he'd gotten approached by the dad and and he's and the coach said, uh, you know, is this who's driving this conversation? He said, are you dad driving this conversation for the son or is the son have the desire? Because he said, if you're driving the conversation, I don't even want to speak to the son. I, you know, in other words, it's got to be the the driver, the youngster that's has the desire to do this because they're just they're not going to make it if if it's their parents pushing them. I guess it's it sounds like the classic story of whatever sport or whatever it is that it's got to be the, the, the kid that's has the desire to do it. Yeah, for sure. But I, I actually, like I mentioned, I've probably trained 200 young kids at this point, And I can't remember one kid who didn't have the desire on his own. It's obviously, it's really fun to drive race cars 
and the thought that you could become a professional race race car driver is is pretty appealing to a lot of people. So I've never had any challenges with with motivation from the kids. Oh, that's cool. Love it that well, uh, that the parents are taking it seriously enough to let's go do this. So what about here at Circuit of the Americas? Obviously, you had uh, Nicholas here. Have you spent some time with drivers here at Coda? Yeah, I had for the last two. So I'm still working at Ferrari, and I'm updating the model for the Ferrari Driver Academy. So for the last two F4 weekends of the past season, I, I was coaching Benjamin Peterson. Sure. Um, yeah. And we did really, really well. He won three out of the five races, including the last race. He was on pole by seven-tenths of a second, which is amazing. <laughs> so Yeah, in a, a spec really car. Program. Sorry? Yeah, like in a spec car like that, that's huge. Yeah, and the, the goal was, so I know some of the behind-the-scenes behind the stuff is that Massimo Rivola, who runs the Ferrari Driver Academy now, and an old friend of mine, he's on the, on the FIA Junior Single-Seater Commission, which Stefano Domenicali is chairing. And those guys, um, they're really the driving force behind this F4 series that's globally that is now like the entry-level series for kids that want to go up the open-wheel ladder. Not in America necessarily, although that one's in, Mer- in, in the U.S., but in the, in the Formula One feeder series. So they're really interested in seeing the F4 series grow, and then also this new F3 America series that they're launching this year. So that's really why I was there, but I had a ton of fun Benjamin Peterson is a great kid, got tons of talents, and I thought if I helped him that by getting those exceptional results in, in a spec series, being on pole by seven-tenths is exceptional, that I actually walked over and I, I mentioned to Zach Brown that he should take a serious look at, at taking Benjamin into under McLaren's wing. And that, that's really the behind the scenes about how these kids get picked up. It's it's exceptional results on days that matter and then having people who advocate for them to say, hey, that's the kid you should be looking at. Well, Eric, uh, this is uh, this is really fascinating. You know, we spent time with lots of the F4 drivers and looking forward to F3. But to Eric Jensen, we really appreciate you coming on. And I'll give out your website. It's uh, jensenga.com, J-E-N-S-E-N-G-A.com. We really appreciate it. And we want to keep you in the Rolodex because uh, it's a fascinating discussion and to have you back on again. I'm, Great I'm, opportunity to see who's coming up in the ranks. Yeah, but thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Eric. All right. Travel safe. Talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, but well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but when we come back, we are super excited because we got Ed Jones, IndyCar uh, driver, coming on the show city. next. You listen to Speed City Live in Austin. Back after these messages. racetrack it's where legends are born where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance such are the nameplates you'll find at aston martin of austin lotus of austin bentley austin and rolls-royce motorcars austin exotic iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride highway 183 north of mcneil road 
Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Ed Brown, Extreme Speed Motorsports, number 30 in the WEC, number 02 in the Tudor, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, welcome back to Speed City. We are super excited to bring on our next guest because uh, this young man is obviously a fantastic race car driver. And he has not only has he won the 2016 Indy Lights title, stepped up to IndyCar in 2017 and won Rookie of the Year, third in the Indy 500. What an incredible uh, rocketing trajectory he's got. We want to welcome Ed Jones back to Speed City. Ed, how are you? Hey, guys. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on on the show again. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm good, thanks. You know, we just had a two days testing at Phoenix and uh, yeah, very positive test for us. And it was great, great to get back in the car with, um, you know, only now one more day of testing left before the season starts. Yeah, I saw that you, you actually were doing really well and uh, well, almost 300 laps and uh, looking, looking good. I saw like 188 mile an hour speeds and I think that was pretty, that was very competitive with everybody down there. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, Actually, it was my first time in, in the new car on a oval, so it took a bit of adapting to do, especially from last year's car. It's just very different to drive. You know, in the sense, last year's car, we were pretty much flat out the whole way around the track, whereas now you're really having to lift a lot. Um, yeah, and, and so the style's slightly different. 2,000 uh, pounds of downforce less, which is almost about 30% less, you know? So, um yeah, it took a bit of getting used to, um, adapting the car to, to how I like it. Obviously a new team for me, so we're both working uh, hard together to find out what we both like and how to how to go forward. I mean, that is a big deal. New team with the Ganassi team this year. And well, he's got an ace next to him with Scott Dixon. And so that's got to, I mean, honestly, that's got to help. Even though you're already on Chip Ganassi team, that, you know. Yeah, can't hurt, right? This is all awesome combination here. Yeah, for sure. You know, first of all, after just one year of IndyCar, um, to move up to a team like Chip Ganassi Racing, you know, it's a dream come true. It's always been been the goal is to, to get to a team like this. And not only that, but to drive the number 10 car, which has got a, a lot of history um, of success. Um, and having NTT Data as my, my sponsor. Um, I, I'm sure you guys have probably seen pictures of, of our car, the blue livery. Yeah. Um, which just looks great. And, um, yeah, I'm really proud to be representing them and, and, and with this team. Um, as you said, having Scott Dixon as a teammate, a four-time champion, I think um, there's not many better places <laughs> to look forward to, <laughs> to learn from and to gain experience from. You know, um, last year I had Sebastian Bourdais, another four-time champion. I think I've been, I've been pretty lucky with my teammates so far in IndyCar. 
in the sense of um, who I can learn off and trying to yeah gain as much as I can and uh, make myself a better driver by by seeing how my teammates do. Fantastic. But I got to ask, so a lot of the news this week, besides team news and driver news, was around the uh, windscreen or the windshield. Uh, did yeah. you have an opportunity to uh, to check into that? I know uh, some of the others were out there. Yeah, well, the only person testing it was actually Scott. Um, so our our team was uh, trying that out. Um, I got to sit in the car, but obviously I haven't driven it yet. Uh, but the feedback from Scott um, and everyone involved in, in the process of trying to make the windscreen work has all been very positive. Um, it's great that, you know, IndyCar pushing safety concerns even more. It's, the cars are so strong now. Um, you know, testament to that is, you know, my teammate Sebastian Bordet last year, uh, his accident um, to walk away from that, well, to come back racing so soon. And they're, they're always trying to improve it. So, um so far, I think it, it looks great in the sense, you know, there's a bit bit of worries of how it would look if it would spoil, you know, the sense of a, of a single-seater race car. But I think it looks good and it's doing the job so far. I think there's a few touch-ups, but that's always to be expected um, first time out. Yeah, when you look at that compared to the F1 Halo, I mean, yeah. hand, hands down, it's a, yeah, multiples better. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of testing for all these to go through and, yeah. and, and, and look, what Louise touched on this last week's show is that safety being the number one concern. I mean, if it, if it ends up not looking great, but it's does great at its job being safe, I think everybody's okay with that. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the difference is, you know, obviously Formula One, they wanted to do something, did something similar with the Halo. Um, but in a sense, it seems like they kind of rushed it a bit. Um, in my opinion, whereas uh, Dr. Terry Trammell, who, who's the IndyCar doctor, has spent done a lot of time, and everyone else involved has really, yeah, spent spent a lot of work and, and time trying to make sure that when they do introduce something um, for safety, it's got to be the right right thing. And I really respect the way that they've, you know, they waited it out and until they were confident, they came up with the right uh, right design and right product. Um, yeah, they waited and. Obviously, it's really paid off so far, and I'm sure very soon they'll they'll start to introduce it. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch this because it's it is it's an important part of the sport. The way the cars look, I mean, let's face it. They, I think there's everybody talks about the way the cars look and the way they sound and how all of this the yeah. advances in technology affect ever that from turbos to hybrids and everything else. And yeah, and some, the way it looks is a big deal. But hey, I want to step back to to your your move into to Chip Ganassi's team, uh, you know, that was, I know that there was a Brendan Hartley deal in the works and then you you seemingly had uh, a, a great spot where you were. Tell us how that kind of came about. Yeah, um, after coming off, you know, it was a great rookie season for me. Um, we were trying yeah. to decide what to do. There was obviously the opportunity to stay with the, the team I was with in uh, last year, Dale Coin Racing. Um, but you know things weren't done, and um, you know there was there was the opportunity that came up with uh, Ganassi, and it was um, the way it was presented. Um, like I said, you know, it's really, it was for me, it was something I couldn't turn down. It was, you know, it, it was for a driver like myself, a young driver coming through, it's the the dream opportunity and something you have to grab with both hands. Um, so it was, yeah, I was, uh, you know, there was a lot of things, you know, the good results. I was lucky with the timing of things, you know, there's just, yeah, things happen for a reason. And 
um, I'm really grateful grateful for it and um, putting in as much work as I can to make sure that we get off on a on a good run. Yeah, it's funny you say that because obviously, Ed, you're an, a phenomenally talented driver because you can't do the things that you've done without being incredibly talented. But it just goes to show in motorsport that, that the way things, the timing and the luck of the way things fall together, yeah. uh, it, it's it's an important part. And it's a big part of, of some of the, the best drivers in history of their careers, isn't it? No, for sure. Um, of course, skill and, and success and how good you are and all that plays a massive part. But I think it's, it's very easy to underestimate how, how much, you know, sometimes a bit, bit of luck, uh, bit of timing plays into you know not just sport but for everything and um that's that's a big case in motorsport and throughout my my career so far you know even in the junior ranks um yeah there's a lot of things that happen which so easily could go another way and um yeah you just got to be on the have lady luck with you on those certain days well, I want to ask you about the Carlin too, because that's uh, you're with Carlin before, and you won Indy Lights with Carlin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And now they're coming to IndyCar. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, you know, there's Carlin there. There's also two other teams, Junkos and Harding, which are also two new teams. Um, but you know, the, the Carlin story is great. Um, I came over with them. You know, and actually, 2014 in Formula Three, I broke my back racing for Carlin. Um, and so I missed most of the, most of the rest of the season. Then 2015, we both decided to do Indy Lights together. Our first, my first ever time racing in the States and the same for Carlin. So it was a big jump for both of us. We had a finished third in the Indy Lights our first year and then won the championship in 2016. Um, you know, I, I know Trevor Carlin who, who runs the team. His goal was always to, to get into IndyCar eventually. And, you know, they, they've achieved that very quickly and, um, the group of people, group of guys, they've, you know, they've been successful in every series they raced. So, um, yeah, I'm really um, happy for those guys. And I'm sure that very quickly they'll be competitive and, and be fighting at the front. Yeah, it'll be a fun story to watch. It was, it was. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan Green and I were at the 100th running of Indy and uh, met with Trevor and had the opportunity to hear a bunch of things. He, he was kind of... Uh, cloak and dagger he wouldn't exactly say what some of the things he had going on but he said just keep an eye on him what was going on and and obviously you know he's played through well so uh i wanted to ask you as far as we get in you know obviously you've got a great team you've got a great teammate in the other car uh yeah what are you seeing as a big advantage for you this week this uh year over last season uh with that combination where do you think we're going to really see a difference for you yeah i think in you know, I resent the way that there's it's going to be beneficial for me in the way now I have a year of experience behind me. I had a lot of unknowns last year. You know, I'd never raced and done races um, as long as IndyCar races. Junior categories are much shorter. I'd never done a pit stop before last year. <laughs> never had to save fuel. Um, you know, there's just there's a huge amount of learning for me last year, and um, I was happy with the way I coped with it and. Um, I'm just really excited to, to have another go now and, and use this experience to, to launch me to the next level. Not not only that, so that's from that from my side that's gonna be a big jump. But also now, you know, I'm with Ganassi Chip Ganassi Racing, one of the most successful teams in, in IndyCar. Um and just the wealth of experience of, of you know, not just Scott as we said before, but 
everyone in that team, you know, from the mechanics um, to, you know, the engineers, um, just everyone. There's, there's so much for me to learn from them. Um, and just the whole organization, it's, it's uh, yeah, very classy organization and everyone puts in so much hard work and, and they're used to winning. Well, yeah, sure, you know, there's a lot of gonna, pressure, yeah. Exactly. It's going to, sorry, yeah, it's going to elevate me and, you know, there's a the pressure there, but at the same time, it's the ideal, ideal situation. It's the one I've always been working for. Um, and now I have the opportunity to, to win races and, yeah, a great group of people behind me to help me just do that. Well, Ed, I'll tell you, one of the things that I've noticed, we get the opportunity to, to go in the Ganassi garages here at Circuit of Americas. Yeah. And one of the things that we've noticed, and we've gotten to know some of the faces, and so we get a little better information sometimes, it's not just that you will be relating to the Indy team. Sometimes there are things that they'll cross from one of the Ganassi teams to the other Ganassi teams. And so you've got much more talent and much more background than just those guys you see standing in the Indy garages with you. That's a good point. It's really something else, the way they do that. And they'll cross-pollinate and share information. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it's not relative. Some of it very much is. Oh, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, as, as you know, Ganassi, they race in NASCAR, IndyCar, and then also with, with the four GTs. Um, and I'm, I'm a great believer of, you know, in, in racing, it doesn't matter what, what you drive. Um, you know, there's always going to be something you can gain from those different things and those different types of racing. And so for, for sure, you know, although, for example, NASCAR is very different, there's going to be things that those guys have learned, which is going to actually help in the IndyCar scenario and the same with the GT stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's great to have that diversity. Um, and, you know, along with it, you know, in the sense that IndyCar is, is a very diverse racing series um, in the sense that, you know, you have the ovals, street courses, road courses. So, um, yeah, they definitely benefit from from that. And um, as you see, that they're successful in, in everything they compete in. Well, I, I can see why Ganassi snatched you up is because, you know, you talk about last year, you being your first year. And to me, this is what makes the difference between good drivers and really good or great drivers in the fact that, you're in a whole new situation, all new cars, all new, all new everything, and you come right out of the box and have a fantastic season. And so, to me, I, I just, I mean, I know it's it's kind of hard to have somebody gush on you, but that that's what's that's why Ganassi snatched you up is because they see that and that that talent is it's rare. So I I, I feel like that's part of the reason they snatched you up. Thank you. Yeah, and well, you know, obviously. A big part is what what the driver what I do, but on the other hand, you have to have that right support system around you. And I was very lucky to have people like Sebastian Bordeaux last year, who was who constantly tried to help me, um, and and the engineers and everyone. It was a great great system, and yeah, I was in the right situation again. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do this year. You know, you were born in Dubai, which is fascinating. But how, how do you? Uh, it's like that's not exactly. You don't think of that as IndyCar territory. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's, you know, how hard was it to get found out of Dubai like that? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously in, in Dubai, well, it's United Arab Emirates as a country, and in Abu Dhabi they have the Formula One. Yeah, um, that's true. So I started, up, started with go-karting when I was four in Dubai. Um, started racing cars when I was 15 in, in England. So I raced in Europe for a while, and then, as I say, came to America in 2015. 
so it was a progression. It was the different things. It was, I was, funny enough, we actually had an IndyCar a lot of, we always had the IndyCar races on TV in Dubai, even when I was young, well, especially the Indy 500. And it was something, you know, I always kept an eye on, always watched it. But at the time, Dubai, it was more Formula One back then. Um, and then, you know, the last five years, I started looking into IndyCar more closely and realized how much more competitive it is than a series like Formula One, where it's so spread out. And that's what was really appealing, where even with the smaller teams like I was with last year, we still had an opportunity of running at the front. I can, you know, the Indy 500 finishing third with one of the, maybe the smallest team or, you know, in the, the bottom, bottom half. In Formula One, that doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, that was the appealing thing. And uh, coming from Dubai, you know, it's, it's a long way. Um, but, um, yeah, there was also talk of having a race a few years ago. And obviously, I hope one day that might happen. But uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, each time we have somebody new on Speed City, we got to ask them a few things. We just want the American audience to get to know you better. I'm, I'm looking at some of your other hobbies. Karting, yes. Boxing? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking well, NASCAR not, when I, they I throw actually, helmets, and now we're going to have <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have you punching somebody. Will you do that in IndyCar? Is that what you're going to do, Ed? I, don't, I think I think one of the, the reasons why I got hired was I, was I was pretty calm. So I think if I start boxing people, they'll kind of uh, be a bit thrown <laughs> Yeah, off that, that would really change um, it. You're into cycling <laughs> and yeah. music. What, uh, what kind of music? I mean, Austin is very much a music town. Yeah, it's very diverse. You know, I actually, throughout the season, well, throughout the season, I listen to different songs or different, you know, albums for like different races, right? And then it'll like change as the season go on, goes on. And then every song, every now and again, I'll listen to those songs and it always reminds me of those, those scenarios. Obviously some were better races than others. So, um, no, it's something that, that I like to, I actually listen to a lot of music before races and, um, and stuff like that keeps me calm and, and relaxed. And, uh, and cycling, I'm guessing that's the ones with the pedals that the manual cycling <laughs> version. Well, we've got some, we've yeah. got some well-known cyclers around town but you have football yeah. is that american football or is that that funny no, european soccer, soccer thing soccer, yeah. well when i was growing up we played a lot of that well, well well that's understandable have you been to the circuit of americas we gotta ask that sorry have you been to the circuit of the americas no, here in austin i haven't unfortunately not i've always wanted to go and you know it's it's kind of one of those things that with the racing events that usually when other races are on we always clash with each other uh, doing one event or another. So um, I'm going to try to get down there this year. Well, you've got a um, standing invitation to yeah. come to Commentating Booth One. We usually have a chair available. Come join in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Hey, uh, I want to ask you, I want to come back to the Ganassi team a little bit because I, I, was, I meant to ask this earlier and it's, and it's really, I, I want to I know uh, the difference between when you're going from one car to the other. Obviously, the, the big change for you come from Indy Lights, but what about last year's car versus this year's car? I mean, is this yeah, that, is it dramatic? Yeah, no, it's actually it's it's bigger than I expected. Um, obviously, with the figures, it does sound pretty big, you know, especially on the ovals. Um, it's just you know a huge amount less downforce, um, so that's a lot less grip all the way through the corner. You know, the initial thing, especially on the road courses, was the stability under braking. Cars moving about a lot more. Um, and you're actually going quicker on the straights because you have less drag, less downforce, and but the braking is even more difficult. So the you know it's very easy to lock up, easy to make mistakes. Um, 
you know, coming off the corner, the traction's less because you have less downforce. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's going to be, a, again, a different style. You know, as I said before, in terms of the way you drive it, um, you're going to have to, the car's going to be sliding around a bit more, but you're, you're going to have to be careful with, you know, tire um, degradation. And so there's going to be different factors that play, in, play into it compared to last year. Um, and I think you'll see a few more, like more mistakes than you did last year, just because the car's a lot more, a lot more free. Um, so it should create some entertaining racing, um, more possibly for overtaking, especially, you know, if the tire's going to go off more and, and things like that. So, um, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. As I said, I've only done one day on the, on a road course, two days on the short oval now. Um, so I've got a, a slight idea, but, um, We'll see more as we, we do a few races. Well, it is, Ed Jones, it's going to be fascinating to watch you in IndyCar. I think this is going to be one of the biggest stories to watch just because of that seat next to Scott. And, uh, and you know, you coming from Rookie of the Year last year into a big team like Ganassi, it's going to be really fun to watch. And uh, I, I, I want to ask you one last question, one we like to ask on Speed City in the uh, it's really interesting to hear the answers to this question, but uh, sometimes you sound like a, an incredibly mature, calm guy, like you said, but maybe it's the answer. The question is, I know what, what's coming up. What, what do you drive every day? Ed? I, I want to know, is it, it, he's a calm guy. Let, let me guess. It's like a fire breathing Hellcat or maybe what, what, do, you, what do you drive every day? Uh, Hummer H1. Oh, really? No, no, no. I'm joking. I was going to say, I, that's I, pretty I, surprising. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 I just I just run everyone over in a hot now. Unfortunately, not. I um uh, I drive an Acura RLX. So obviously, because we drive for Honda, yeah, <laughs> uh, and they they provide the drivers for with a car for the year. Um, it's a very very nice road car for me. <laughs> to, to be fair, I don't I drive. I'm probably a bit over cautious on the roads uh, for a racing driver, but um, yeah. I find it very hard to trust people, especially. <laughs> you know, I find it a lot easier on 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 the track. He's going to fit in great in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Ed Jones, thank you so much for coming back on Speed City. We really appreciate it. And, of course, we wish you the best of luck this season. We'll definitely keep an eye on you. And uh, we'll get you back on the show. We're going to have uh, most of the winners going to be on Speed City after the races season. So we'll hopefully we'll get to talk to you several times this year. You show up enough times, yeah. we'll give you a parking spot. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks a lot, Ed. Take care. Travel right. safe, buddy. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, heck of a nice guy. I, you know, I'm I'm with you. I find that interesting that he was, you know, born in Dubai and he wants to race Indy cars. Now I'm sure he'd race anything else, but Indy cars uh, kind of surprises me. And and honestly, it kind of you know warms my heart, if you will, a little bit to know that it is looked at that highly overseas. That, you know, it's an American series by all means. So uh, yeah, I really like that. It uh, it's surprising though, even still. All right, well, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to take a break, but before we go to the break, we're going to talk about the Toyota Racing Series, both before and after. But here's a clip from our man, Jonathan Green, down in New Zealand, because it's going to set up the weekend. Now, this was on Friday, and they finished the championship this weekend, and we've got the winner on an interview. But let's hear this clip from Jonathan kind of setting up the weekend. Going into the final round of the 2018 Castrol Toyota Racing Series, the championship was on a knife edge. Three drivers, all from the same M2 competition team, were less than a race win apart in the points after 12 races and five weekends of racing. Christchurch's Marcus Armstrong began the weekend with a 33-point lead over fellow Ferrari Academy driver Robert Schwartzman of Russia, with Dutchman Richard Vashore 27 points behind him. 
with the title and the New Zealand Grand Prix up for grabs. All three were in determined mood and all had their reasons for wanting to win. I really hope we can win it. But Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas' source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Mosing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. On air, online, and on your smart device, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, as we went to the break, that was Jonathan Green telling us uh, a little bit about what was about to happen down in New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series, which if you don't know about it, you got to check it out because it's one of those paths that kids go to formula racing through. So, But but now we're going to play a clip from Jonathan that includes the winner of the race. So let's go back out to Jonathan Green for the Toyota Racing Series update. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm here with the champion of the Castrol Toyota Racing Series with Robert Schwarzen, who can barely believe it because it was such a bizarre end to the Grand Prix. You've had a little time now to settle down and think about it, but um, tell us about your race in the Grand Prix. Well, to be fair, it was not a bad start. I tried to, to make a maneuver in turn one uh, around the outside, but then, then actually managed in the exit, lost it a bit and had no exit. So then I, basically the whole race I needed to stay behind Charles. To be fair, I was a bit struggling with the, with, the, with the balance of the car, especially in the middle, because uh, Brandon was like pretty close to me, so I think at some point it was a bit nervous for me, but then I saw that I, I managed to get a, some good gap, and then I was just driving behind Charles, and at some point, uh, I think, they went safety car, and yeah, I was just, my target was just to try to make a move on the last lap for the podium. And then this happened that at some point uh, Marcus's car just went in the safe mode and he just stopped. So everybody needed to avoid him. And yeah, I, I, I did my best. I managed to finish second. It was it was incredible. I, I still can't can't understand how that, that happened. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. When you crossed the line, did you know you'd won the championship? Yes, because as soon as I crossed the line, the team started shouting at me like crazy. Like I I, I couldn't hear anything. Like. Aah! So I was like, I was asking, are we champions? Because I don't, I didn't count anything. And they said, yes, you are. I'm like, I was like, F me, how the f 
Did that happen? Is that a Russian expression? <laughs> yes. To be fair, but here I, I can say it like that because it was just incredible. I, I you would never believe that. Like you know, I did my best. Team did their best, and basically, massive thanks to everybody. It was fun to have these five weeks with the team, especially with the teammates. It was all all the way fair. It, it was at some point I actually felt that now when the championship is so close, now we start all the. Sh coming out between the drivers but actually it was really fair and really nice to 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 be and now and now you head to europe uh with marcus as your teammate um looking to prima fia formula 3 it's going to be a big big year isn't it yeah of course it's going to be it's not going to be easy but i think if we will work a bit harder and get a bit better like result for, for Man, that's, uh, that was really exciting to see Sports Sportsman oh, yeah. win it because he didn't lead the whole series no, no. until the until the final race. It was really exciting. such a tight group down there. So it's... All right, well, we got, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight as, as every Sunday night. And check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Check us out on our SoundCloud account, Twitter, Facebook. We keep it all up to date. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. In my El Camino, uh-huh. roll the windows down. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. On this messed up little town, the boss on the radio, uh-huh. take whatever comes. We'll go flying down. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 